Today we're going to continue the incredible story of Jonah, but before we do, I've got a couple of quick, great announcements to share with you, uh, just some church business things. So how many of you know what Mount Vernon Nazarene University is? How many of you went to Mount Vernon Nazarene University? Anyone? Okay, so Mount Vernon Nazarene University is our regional school. That The way the Church of the Nazarene's broken up is there are schools around the country, and we are broken up in regions by the school. And so Mount Vernon is up in Mount Vernon, Ohio, and it is our regional school. And they have been in transition looking for a new president for the school. And so I'm excited to tell you today, if you haven't already seen it online, that Carson Castleman has been chosen to be the next president of Mount Vernon Nazarene University, and that is Mike and Sherry Williams, who attended here for a long time, and Mike is now uh, leading worship at Tri-County. Sherry comes back and forth between the two, but that is their son-in-law, and so we are thrilled about that. That is a really cool thing. Carson was instrumental in a lot of, I know, the people my age's uh, life as they got connected to Mount Vernon, and we're thrilled for that. The, the other thing I want to do is I want to have Pastor Teresa come up here. So she did pre-service, and, and I just, I want to take opportunities to highlight our staff as much as we can because they're incredible. And so I want to tell you a little bit about Pastor Teresa's summer. This has been a really busy summer for everybody, but it might have been a little bit more busy for Pastor Teresa. So here's what she's been involved in this summer. She started with a mission trip to Guatemala. Then she went to NYC with the teens. There we go. Then she went to camp with the teens. Then she went to blast with the teens to Mount Vernon. Then she was a part of NYI Day with the teens. Then she went to General Assembly to the NYI convention and the assembly. Then she just got back from El Salvador uh, last night, about 10.30, came back from El Salvador. She helped lead worship for District Assembly. She led Serve Week, which was a couple weeks ago, led that whole thing. She led the block party. And on top of all that, Pastor Teresa was elected the NYI president for the Southwest Ohio District. So she's done some things this summer. And hey, Bobby, if you're watching online, you're a saint. Way to go. <laughs> but she's done some things this summer. She, she's, I want to tell you about Pastor Teresa. She has been on staff here for over 15 years. She was actually hired the same year that I was, before I was, so she's actually been here longer than I have. Um, but, but I want to tell you that you probably don't even know this. You probably haven't noticed because she's always here. She's always working. She's always serving. She has, in the 15 years she's been here, she's never been full-time as a part of the team. She just works full-time. And I've got exciting news. One of the things that's happening in the church is we have decided that it's time for Teresa to be full-time. It's long overdue, but we appreciate her, and we love her. Show your love and support for her. So, so starting, this, uh, starting this month, maybe you'll have a little bit more time to do some ministry now that you're full-time. <laughs> hey, thanks for all you do, Teresa. We appreciate it. We have an awesome staff, and I'm excited about some of the changes that are happening, uh, and we'll, we'll be telling you more about that in the weeks to come, but I'm so thankful for the people I get to work with, and I'm so thankful for you all and the church that I get to serve. It's a huge blessing, and so I'm excited about what God has for the future. Today, we're going to continue our series 
on Jonah. It's one of the best stories in Scripture. I mean, just there's so much to it. And last week, I was in Florida. I actually was leaving Destin. I was driving out of Destin as the service was going on, and Caitlin Vogelman kicked off our series in a great way. She did awesome and kicked off the series. And so we heard the first half of her message, and then we lost service on our phone, and I had to go back and watch it later. But I just want to say thank you to Kaylin and to all of it. It's really great to be like the fourth best speaker at the church that you pastor. Someone told me a long time ago that if the people that speak when you leave are better than you, then they don't care if you leave. And so I love that we have so many great gifted speakers. And thank you, Kaylin, for bringing God's word and being faithful and obedient um, to follow his calling on your life. And, and so last week, she started off the series. I'll give you a few of the talking points. The, the story of Jonah is an incredible story. It's a story of God calling Jonah to be a part of his plan. And, and Caitlin said to us last week that God is speaking to you in the same way that God speaks to Jonah and all of the other people in Scripture. God is speaking to you, and God is inviting you into his plan. The second thing we saw is that after God spoke to Jonah and he called Jonah to go to Nineveh, Jonah didn't want to. He decided to go the other way and tried to run away from God. And we heard last week, you can't outrun God. Later uh, in chapter 1, Jonah actually admits that this is the God that creates and controls everything, and that's who Jonah's trying to run away from. So listen, God is speaking to you. God wants to invite you into his redemptive plan for the world, and you can't outrun it. And, and if that sounds negative to you, if that sounds difficult, I, I want you to know it's not. Because God, the idea that you can't outrun God is not about punishment, it's not about control, it's about his grace and his love. God has so much for you, and God is always pursuing you with his love and his grace and his mercy. And so those were some of the talking points. Jonah runs away from God. He gets on a ship and heads the opposite direction and gets caught up in a big storm that God sends. And basically, he tries to sleep through it. He tries to run away from it. And eventually, he's confronted by the storm. And he knows that the only thing he can do is, is to turn to God. And that's where we're going to be today. We're going to be in Jonah. I'm going to start in Jonah chapter 1, verse 17. And we're going to re read through um, chapter 2, which is 10 verses. So if you'll stand with me, and we'll read God's Word. And, and this is Jonah's prayer from the belly of a fish. Any of you ever prayed from the belly of a fish? I hope not. But this is Jonah's prayer. So Jonah has run from God. He's, he's done all sorts of things wrong. And, and, and the end of chapter 1, you'll see, it says, Now the Lord provided a huge fish to swallow Jonah. And Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights. From inside the fish, Jonah prayed to the Lord his God. He said, in my distress, I called to the Lord, and he answered me. From deep in the realm of the dead, I called for help, and you listened to my cry. You hurled me into the depths, into the very heart of the seas, and the currents swirled about me. All your waves and breakers swept over me, and I said, I have been banished from your sight. Yet I will look again toward your holy temple. The engulfing waters threatened me. The deep surrounded me. Seaweed was wrapped around my head to the roots of the mountains. Uh, I, 
to the roots of the mountains sank down. The earth beneath barred me in forever. But you, Lord my God, brought, me, brought my life up from the pit. When my life was ebbing away, I remembered you, Lord, and my prayer rose to you, to your holy temple. He makes this statement. Those who cling to worthless idols turn away from God's love for them. But I, with shouts of grateful praise, will sacrifice to you what I have vowed I will make good, and I will say salvation comes from the Lord. And at that, the Lord commanded the fish, and it vomited Jonah onto dry land. You can have a seat. What a way to end. <laughs> he spit up. I'm not even going to say that. He spit up onto dry land. So Jonah's run away. Jonah's, Jonah's you know, at this point... He, he's in a bad spot. He's in the belly of a fish or a whale or whatever, some sort of special fish that God sent, and Jonah's stuck. Now, this is kind of an incredible prayer. We're going to kind of dissect it, and we're going to look at the whole story. Today, I really want to focus on one thing. Last week, we talked about God speaking to us and God pursuing us. Today I want to talk about what we see in, in verse 9. We'll get there in a second. But I think it's just kind of crazy that Jonah... So God comes to Jonah in chapter 1, and he says, Go to Nineveh and, and preach to them, tell them about their sin, about the things that have gone wrong, and, and preach to them for the purpose of calling them to repentance. And what does Jonah do? He runs the other way. Now, I think it's incredible at this point. Jonah throws himself off the ship, or he has the sailors throw him off the ship. And, and what it says here is that the Lord provided a huge fish to swallow Jonah. This blows me away, right? Jonah was sent by God, or called by God, to go offer grace and life and salvation to a people that were off track. He chose against that against God's will. Now, God is calling or sending a big fish to save Jonah. Can you imagine if the fish was like, nah, I'm going to go the other direction. If it did the same thing Jonah did, he'd be done for. But, but what we're going to see on and on throughout this story is that God is compassionate, that God is loving, and that God continues to pursue. And so God calls this great fish to swallow Jonah up. The, the theme we're going to focus on is in, in verse 9, because Jonah, when he's inside the fish, comes to the place where he knows he can't get away from this. He knows that, that he can't run from God. He knows that he's, he's absolutely blown it. And, and, and it comes to the point in verse 9, he makes this claim. He says, I will sacrifice to you, and what I have vowed, I will make good. And then he says this phrase that I think is just kind of the quintessential phrase in all of Scripture. I mean, this, it, this is a really important phrase, concept, theme of all of Scripture. He says, I will say, salvation comes from the Lord. Listen, last week we talked about God's pursuit, God's calling. You can't outrun it. Today I want to talk about the fact that salvation and life only come from God. There's no other way. And that's what Jonah's learned here. Salvation comes from the Lord. So, so Jonah has run from God. 
Jonah's been just blatantly disobedient to God. When the storm comes, he's on a boat with a bunch of sailors that had nothing to do with this, and their lives are in danger as much as his is. And what does he do on the boat? He sleeps. He's trying to sleep through the danger in the storm, putting other people's lives at risk. It's like he doesn't even care about the people around him. And so not only has he run, not only has he been disobedient, but he's disregarded the well-being and the safety of everybody else around him. I mean, he's just missing it. And then when they wake him up and they say, what's going on? Who are you? Why is this happening? He says, hey, the only way this is going to stop is if you throw me overboard. You know what Jonah doesn't say when they confront him? He doesn't say, I'm so sorry, God. I've blown it. Forgive me. No, he says, throw me into the sea and this will all stop. This is, this is kind of a theme throughout, throughout the story of Jonah that, that we kind of see this idea of, of sort of repenting, sort of turning to God. And, and so he acknowledges here that, that salvation comes from the Lord. He's been on quite a journey. Listen, following Christ, being a follower of God is, is quite a journey, and it's a, it's a journey that you continual, continue to learn and grow. But Jonah comes to a place where he's in, in the depths. I mean, at this point, he's swallowed by a fish three days and three nights, and he knows that the only way he can have life, the only way he's going to get out of this is by turning to God. Jonah realizes that the only place to find salvation is life, in life is in obedience and in relationship with God. He's out of options. And, and so this is the theme for today. Salvation comes from the Lord. And, and the only way to have life and salvation is if... When you're off track, when you're in the belly of the, the fish, when you've blown it, when you've messed up, the only way to salvation in life is through a word we call repentance. See, he's tried running. He, he's tried running away from his problems. He's tried sleeping through the storms. He's tried ignoring it. He's tried even giving up. When he says, throw me over the ship, this isn't some, it seems like this really great, noble, you know, brave thing he's doing. Really, what he's doing is he's giving up. He's saying, just throw me over and let me be done with this. He's tried everything he can. And as we talked about last week, you can't outrun God's grace and God's love for you. And so he comes to the place where it's time to turn to God and he says, salvation comes from the Lord. Listen, I'm just going to guess that there are some people in this room today, some watching online, that maybe find yourself off the path a little bit. I'm, I'm just going to guess that, that, that some of us, maybe we have these great moments where we're all in in our relationship with God and we're completely committed, but, but then maybe something happens and we just get off track. Maybe you've gotten to a place where you've lost self-control. Maybe you've gotten to a place where things have gotten out of hand and, and you're just not where you need to be and, and you know it, you're lost, you're struggling Maybe you've made a big mistake. Have any of you ever made a big mistake and, and just wanted to run from it or cover it up or lie about it or ignore it? 
And we all know that that doesn't work. Listen, if you're lost, if you're out of, out of the plan, I want you to know that God continues to pursue. I can't tell you how many times in my life I, I came to a place where I was just kind of lost. As a teenager, I remember going to camps and saying, God, you've got all of me. And then I went to school and I, I fell into habits that I shouldn't. And I got to a place where when I looked in the mirror, I didn't see the person I was supposed to be, and I was off track. That's where Jonah finds himself. He's lost, he, and there's no other way than to, to turn and repent and call out to God. Listen, if you're in a place today where, where you're not where God wants you to be, you haven't been obedient, maybe you've lost control of something, maybe there's something in your life that's, that's just got a hold over you that you can't break, there's only one way to salvation in life, and that's through turning to God and repenting. If you're headed in the wrong direction, your only move is to repent, and that's where Jonah's at. Although, honestly, can, can we just acknowledge something here, that, that Jonah really kind of half repents for what he's done? Like, let's look back at this prayer. Th this is this is kind of weak on the repentance scale, if you ask me. So, so repentance is a, is a big thing. Repentance means not only acknowledging where you've been wrong, but seeking forgiveness and then turning towards what's right. There's all these different, if you Google repentance, Google what is repentance, there's all these different things. There's the five R's of repentance. There's the four R's of repentance. There's the three R's of repentance. There's all these different definitions, but, but here's the deal. What it comes down to is acknowledging where you've gone off the path, acknowledging that you blew it, asking for forgiveness, and then turning to obedience and following God. Here's why I say I think he missed it. Listen to what he says. He says, in my distress, I called to the Lord, and he answered me. From the deep in the realm of the dead, I called for help, and you listened to my cry. Verse 3, you hurled me into the depths. Did we see anywhere in here where, where God said, throw him in? No, this was his solution that he was trying. And so he's kind of twisting things here. He, he goes into verse 4, he says, I have been banished from your sight. The truth of the matter is, he chose to go against God's will. He chose to run away. He banished himself. And so what we see in this, yes, at the end, he says salvation comes from God and I will make things right and I will follow you. But there is a complete lack of ownership and accountability for the things that he's done. And it's almost as if he's saying, God, you've done this to me. The only person that did this to him was himself. And so if, you're, if you've gotten lost, if you head in the wrong direction, the only move is to repent. And repentance is about admitting that you're wrong, but it's about more than that. It's about turning to what's right. And so, so that's kind of, the, kind of the place that Jonah's come to. And we kind of get this half repentance. And spoiler alert, the story's not over. We got two more weeks of the series and as you'll see, this kind of half-repentance kind of leads Jonah into more difficulty. But, but let's look. There's, there's three kinds of people we see in the story. Now I want to take a bigger look 
at the story of Jonah, there's, there's three kinds of people. Because here's what I want you to know today. Salvation comes from the Lord. God is chasing after you. And the only way for you to have salvation in life is through Jesus Christ being your Lord and Savior. And what I love about this story is that Jonah is not the only one that God is working and chasing and speaking to. There's three types of people in this story. The first people that actually repent in this story, it's not Jonah, the prophet of God. It's not the, the guy who caused this whole mess. It's the sailors. So when Jonah decides to run from God, he gets on this ship with a bunch of sailors that, that in this day they would be called pagans or what, what it boils down to is they're not followers of God. And these sailors, they're, they're just people that aren't following God. They've got their own gods. It says later that they prayed to their own gods. They've got their own way of doing things, their own ideas, not God. And, and they get caught up in this whole mess. See, see, it's Jonah's disobedience that leads them into this mess, but then they're confronted. They serve other gods. They're confronted by the one true God. Listen, I think there are people all around our world that are like these sailors. Maybe they're not willfully disobeying God, but they just have their own gods. They've got their own things that they're dealing with. Maybe some of you in here would say that the God of your life is self. Maybe the God of your life is sports. Maybe the God of your life, I don't know what, a relationship, family, whatever it is, but they've got their own gods and they get caught up in this whole thing, they're in the storm, and, and they realize that this is something that has to do with Jonah. And so they wake him up, and they say, who are you? And he says, I am a Hebrew, and I worship the Lord, the God of heaven, who made the sea and the dry land. Now, that's pretty scary if you're in the sea, and the sea is a mess, and you're looking for the root of it, and here it is. He says, I worship the God that created this. And so it says they were terrified, and they said, what have you done? And, and they already knew that he was running away. He told them that. It says the sea is getting rougher and rougher, and, and so he says, what, what should we do to make this calm down? And, and Jonah says, pick me up and throw me into the sea, and it'll become calm. But, but they didn't want to. <laughs> Even though they, they were confronted by God, as we talked about last week, you can't outrun it. They decided that their plan was, we're going to row harder and we're going to get back to land. But they couldn't. And it says the storm picked up. And so they realized that there was one true God and that the only way to salvation, even though they had their other prayers and their other gods, they realized that the only way to salvation in life was through God the God that created all of this. So it says in chapter 1, verse 16, after they throw Jonah over and the sea calms down, it says, at this the men greatly feared the Lord and they offered a sacrifice to the Lord and they made vows to him. What we see is a group of people who this wasn't their mess, but, but they were serving their own gods and their own things, and they were encountered by the one true God, and the only thing they could do to have salvation in life was to offer sacrifices, to turn to God, to repent, and follow Him. So that's the first kind of person. Listen, 
If you're in here and, and, and you've had other gods in your life, other things controlling your life, and you've, you've, never, you've never really experienced the one true God, I want you to know that there is only one way to real life and salvation, and it's through Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. The second person in this that we see kind of a partial repentance from is Jonah. He's a guy who was a prophet of God. I mean, if anyone should get it, it's him, right? He's a, he's a prophet of God, and he's a, he says himself, he says, I am a follower of God, the one true God. But, but he's not really a very good follower, is he? He's running in the other direction. He's being disobedient. And so Jonah comes to a place where he's stuck, where he knows that there's no other way than to turn to God. And we see in verse 7 of chapter 2, he says, When my life was ebbing away, I remembered you, Lord, and my prayer rose to you, to your holy temple. Those who cling to worthless idols turn away from God's love for them. I, if you dissect this, this is just kind of incredible. Instead of saying, I have turned to worthless idols and have turned from your love, he says, those that turn to worthless idols turn away from God's love for them. Now he says, but I, with shouts of grateful praise, will sacrifice to you and what I have vowed, I will make good. And so what, what Jonah does in this moment is he realizes that there is no way out. He can't outrun it. He can't sleep through it. He can't ignore it. He can't take even the way of just toss me into the sea and let me go. That doesn't work. The only way to salvation is to turn to God and repent. And we get this kind of partial repentance. But, but God delivers him from the fish. God is gracious. God is pursuing. God is loving. And God continues after us. One of the themes of, of the story of Jonah is that the people that repent more easily are the people who don't follow God. And the guy who's a prophet really struggles to repent and turn. But, but he says, I will vow to you, I will follow you. And so it says, God made the fish spit him out. Now the third people, and these are the people that really were the beginning of all this, the Ninevites. Caitlin did a good job telling you last week, they were wicked, evil people. They were violent. That they, did, they did just hideous things. They weren't just following other gods. I, I mean, there's plenty of people that just aren't following God, but they're, they're not evil, murderous, wicked people. But, but the Ninevites were, were the worst of the worst. And, and after the fish spit Jonah out, God sent him again, and Jonah goes to Nineveh and starts proclaiming. And by the way, really, his message wasn't, hey, you're in trouble, turn to God. His message was, you're going to be destroyed in 40 days. That's the extent of the message we see in this. It's not even a great repentance message. He just says, you're going to be destroyed in 40 days. And these wicked people, these violent people, these awful people believe, it says. It says they believed it and they understood that they had messed up and that they had turned away from the one true God. And, and in verse 7 through 9 of chapter 3, the king of these wicked people says this, By decree of the king and his nobles, do not let people or animals, herds or flocks taste anything. 
Do not let them eat or drink, but let the people and animals be covered in sackcloth. Let everyone call urgently on God and let them give up their evil ways and their violence. And who knows, God may yet relent with compassion and turn from his fierce anger so that we will not perish. So we got three types of people here. We got the people that just have their own thing going on, their own gods, and they're caught up in this mess and they encounter the one true God. What do they do? They do the only thing they can. They repent and they turn to him. We've got the, the prophet, the one who follows God. And, and there's a struggle here. But listen, I know that probably most of us in this room, if we're off path, this is probably the one we would identify with, that, that maybe we follow him, but maybe we've just gotten off the path. Maybe we've just, we, we've just veered off. Maybe something else has taken control. Maybe we've, you know, we've messed up and something has a hold of our life and we're in the depths. The first people, God's pursuing, loving, the prophet that just doesn't seem to get it, the thick-skulled prophet that just doesn't seem to get God's grace and repentance, God's still after him. And the third type of people are, are the, the most wicked, vile people, the evil, murderous people, and they're confronted by the Almighty God. And what do they do? They repent. And they turn to him. So, so here's, here's where I want to leave us today. This story, one of, the, one of the most important messages in this story is that God is constantly pursuing us and that salvation comes only through the Lord. Listen, today, I don't know which of the three people you identify with. Maybe, maybe you'd say, I've just kind of never really fully turned to God. I've got my own thing going on. Today, I hope you encounter the one true God, the only one that gives salvation in life. I want you to know that if this is you, God loves you more than you'll ever know. He created you, and he's after you. He's chasing after you, not to control you, but to give you life to the fullest. Maybe some of you in here would say, hey, I've, you know, I've had moments where I've given everything to God. I've, I'm a follower but man, something's gotten messed up. Something's gotten, you know, in, in my heart. And I find myself completely off track. Listen, God's grace has not left you. God has not cast you out. God loves you. And his grace is sufficient today. He is chasing after you. Maybe some of you would say, hey, I'm just evil. <laughs> I hope not, but maybe, maybe there's some of you that just feel like you're absolutely rotten and unlovable. I want you to know that God loves you and that God is chasing after you. God will go to any length for you to know his love and to have his salvation in life. So the best decision you can make today is to walk in obedience to God, the one true God. He's the creator. He is life. Everything else is fake life. 
Only in God can we have life. The only way, if you've headed off the path, if you've headed in the wrong direction, the only thing you can do, your only move, is to repent. And here's the best news of all today. I don't care which one of these you find yourself in. If we repent, if we call out, if we turn to him, his grace is always sufficient, and he will always bring us out of the pit. That's not a promise you're going to have everything you've ever wanted and dreamed. It's not prosperity. It's that God loves you. God is chasing after you. And no matter how far off the path you've gotten, he's here for you. And his grace is enough. And he will give you life to the fullest. So stand and worship team, you guys come on up. And I want us to respond to God's word. Listen, we say this all the time, but these altars are a place to pray. They're always open, by the way. I just want to say this. If we're in the middle of the first song of the day and you feel God speaking to you, you can come pray. But as we respond to God's word today, I, I just want to ask you, are you exactly where you need to be? Are you in full obedience? Are you in full surrender to God? Or is there something that's just kind of gotten you off track? Maybe there's someone listening online or somebody in here that's just... You got your own stuff going on, and you've never really turned to God. Today is the day. God is pursuing you. He loves you. Maybe there's some of you that you've just gotten off track. You've, you've blown it, and something's gotten control of you and pulled you away. Today, your move is to repent. The God that created us all loves you. And is here for you, and his grace is enough. Maybe some of you just feel absolutely rotten, evil, wicked. Today, the God of the universe loves you and calls you to repent. So here's what I want you to do. If God's speaking to you, if there's something in your life that's gotten off track, there's nothing shameful about coming and praying. If you want to come and pray at an altar, that's great. If you want to kneel where you are, that's great. But I want to call you, do not walk away from you. You can't run from God. You can't sleep through it. You can't ignore it. You can't just give up. It doesn't work. The only way to true life is in obedience and surrender to the one true God. So as we sing this song, we're talking about we have decided to follow him. My prayer for each and every one of us is that we would commit to follow him today. And if there's something on your heart, something that God's been speaking to you about, I just want to invite you to come and pray. Don't run. Repent. Acknowledge where you've gotten off the path and turn to him and his grace is sufficient. Father, I pray that you'd speak to us and lead us and guide us today. I thank you for each person here and I know that not one person here, not one person that's listening online is beyond your love and your grace. And so I pray that you would call us, Lord, and help us to be obedient. Lord, we repent before you today. We commit ourselves to you. In Jesus' name, amen.